Who could imagine that another December is here and I'm talking about Star Wars again. There will be some spoilers in this episode, uh, specifically about The Mandalorian season two and, you know, certain aspects that tie into series that The Mandalorian is is touching. But today, party people, oh, I, I forgot to to introduce myself. I'm Larry. As always, you're listening to another Stay Watching bonus episode. Um, I really wanted to talk about Star Wars and a couple of weeks ago, you probably saw it. It was almost unavoidable. Disney had made a whole bunch of announcements in terms of new Star Wars content that they were bringing. Uh, lots of new shows, a couple of like quasi movie announcements with not a whole lot of information. Um, so really what I wanted to talk about today is some of my feelings on The Mandalorian season two, potentially The Mandalorian overall, um, how it connects to some of what I was feeling last year uh, after seeing uh, The Rise of Skywalker, the the final in the Skywalker, you know, saga of Star Wars films. And, and really, you know, some of what we're seeing come back from the past and, and where where we're at kind of presently with Star Wars and, and the future. And if you haven't guessed, I am recording this on Christmas Eve and Charles Dickens is in my head. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of where my mind is at right now. So really, where to start? The, the Mandalorian season two, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Mandalorian season one. I thought a lot of people I don't want to say loved it more than they should have, because, you know, again, I'm very much a person who believes that everybody is entitled to their own opinion on entertainment. Everything impacts and speaks to people in their own way. But for me, it, it didn't quite work, um, even as somebody who grew up loving Westerns, you know, watching stuff like The Rifleman and Gunsmoke with my dad on Saturday mornings, like that stuff is just ingrained in me. And so, you know, seeing a Star Wars series that kind of picked up that mantle of the kind of Western, you know, show where, you know, you're dealing with a different criminal every week. And, you know, it seemed it seemed interesting, a new criminal, new problem. You know, you introduce this, you know, kind of driving force in the child and, and you know, you're forcing this character to go on this journey that they're really reluctant to take. And so, you know, by the end of the first season, I was kind of intrigued because something happened where this one character, Moff Gideon, emerges from a TIE fighter that's been down, that's been shot down, and he has the Darksaber. And for me, that kind of got me excited. I, I've talked about it in the past in, in one of the Star Wars episodes that I had where the Clone Wars cartoon series is, is one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars ever. And so to see this object that was, you know, essentially created for that cartoon appearing in, you know, this live action show, you know, it really got me excited for what the future of this show would hold. And 
you know, again, uh, like I said, the season, the second season of The Mandalorian for me was much better. I feel like it had a much better focus on the story it was trying to tell. They didn't do as much filler, um, you know, and and what I mean by filler is the the story seemed more focused on a, on a kind of like a central mission. And even when they were kind of doing these things that felt like offshoots, they connected back into the main story that was being told. So the Mandalorian meets, you know, Bo-Katan, who's a, another character from the Clone Wars, uh, played by Katie Sackhoff, who was really cool to see in live action. So basically seeing the person who voiced this character in the cartoon coming back and playing the character in live action, you know, that was really cool for me. And, and trying to piece together how that character is connected to the story and how they would have lost the Darksaber to Moff Gideon and all this stuff. So, you know, trying not to get into the weeds on all the Star Wars stuff, like I, I want to avoid doing that. Um, but one of the things that was a little bit concerning about this season was the fact that there were so many connections. Uh, one of the things that, that I had really started to enjoy about The Mandalorian was that it was its own kind of series. It, it didn't necessarily need all of the trappings of these other Star Wars stories. Not that it's bad to have those connections because it, it's really not. And I think in some cases they worked really well to the advantage of this series. But you start to wonder if it's going to lose its identity and, you know, just kind of get swept up into the maelstrom that is kind of Star Wars and, and all of the material surrounding it. And in the end of the series, I, I kind of felt like in some ways we got to that point. So after introducing, you know, the live action version of Bo-Katan, we also get the live action version of Ahsoka Tano, who is another character from the Clone Wars who also appears in Rebels. And she makes mention of, of wanting to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is a, a central villain to the later seasons of, of Star Wars Rebels. And it seemed like they were trying to introduce like all of these different parts that existed already within Star Wars and were now going to be central. And were these things going to take over the Mandalorian? And then in the final episode, you know, the icing on that concern cake, in, in a sense, was Luke Skywalker appearing in the final episode. Uh, and, you know, I'll just ignore that. Like the CG for me was not the best in that episode overall, not just on, you know, the, the de-aged Luke head that was pasted on some actor's body, but there was a lot of other kind of weird visual issues with that episode. Um, not that it was bad. I, I, I really thought it was thrilling. I enjoyed the inclusion of Luke, but it brought me all the way back to, oh no, like, is it is it too much Star Wars in my Star Wars show? And that kind of brought me back to all of the announcements that they had made and really looking at how Disney executives must look at the Mandalorian. And so 
one, there's this really interesting thing that's happening within the fandom where people who love the Mandalorian are like, oh, well, Star Wars ends with the Mandalorian. The, the sequel trilogy doesn't exist. You know, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, especially, and Rise of Skywalker, just throw them out. Like, everything ends with the, the Mandalorian. And it's like, I, whatever. I, I don't care for that argument. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the sequel trilogy. There's an entire episode where I talk about how Star Wars for me felt like it lost some of the magic. I, I, I've already gone into that. But in a lot of ways, like I would never say that those films are, you know, I, I generally don't say that those films are terrible. There are good things about them that I do like. There are things that they did well that I, I think were effective. And I think a lot of that stuff is having an impact on what we're seeing in these series. But at the same time, you know, I think one of the dangers is when you have, you know, such strong fan backlash as we did to that sequel trilogy, we're starting to see creators really kind of double down on kind of fan service and, and you know, lore inclusions and things like that. And, you know, while that's great, while that's great to, in a sense, pander back to those fans that you feel like you may have lost, for me, it it feels like we're not really having new ideas. And, you know, again, in that in that old episode that I talked about, one of the great things that happened with Star Wars during that period where there was no Star Wars was comic creators and book writers and video game creators telling these Star Wars stories that like really expanded the universe, like all that stuff that's in Legends right now, you know, sure, some of it touched on the main characters, but there were other things that, you know, really expanded out the character set of the universe and, you know, introduced us to new places, new characters, new things that we hadn't really thought about. And you know, whenever I see all of these things that are familiar start to come back into something that I felt was new, it's concerning. And and seeing Disney really double down on that and say, all right, it's time. We're going to announce a whole bunch of new series. And, and I'm going to go through these series. I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to share some thoughts that I have about them. So it's going to be a little bit of a probably maybe a little bit of a longer bonus episode. Um, but like I, I just really wanted to get that off my chest. Like, you know, I thought the Mandalorian season two, like the just the, the pure review is I thought the Mandalorian season two was better than the first season. I was more engaged for more of the episodes. I thought they had less filler. Um, I was especially engaged with the relationship between Din and Grogu, Grogu being the child who some people also know as Baby Yoda. I think one of the really good things about including all of those other elements from Star Wars series in this is that, all right, if you didn't know Bo-Katan and you're interested in this character now, you're going to go watch the Clone Wars episodes that feature Bo-Katan. If you saw Ahsoka, you didn't know who Ahsoka was and with the series coming up, you really want to know more about Ahsoka. There are a bunch of really awesome episodes of the Clone Wars and Rebels that you can go watch and learn more about those characters. And I think someone really described the Mandalorian as a gateway drug for Star Wars. And I feel like that is apt here uh, because, you know, obviously there's all this stuff that's layered in for the diehard fans, but there's a lot, there's just, there's like a lot of 
there's there's a lot there for if you're new to Star Wars, you're just getting that little taste. And now you want more. You want to you want to get a lot more Star Wars. And don't worry, you're on Disney Plus. All the Star Wars you could want is right here at your fingertips. We got you. Disney got you. And that's that's what this has all been about. It's all been about Disney getting you. I, I've seen countless articles talking about the Marvelfication of Star Wars. And again, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. When the sequel trilogy was coming out, a lot of people, you know, I would argue seemed to really want that. They wanted these additional movies that were coming out, like even though, you know, Solo was a little bit different and Rogue One was a little bit different because they were both sort of prequels, sidequels told within, you know, that time period right before the original trilogy, right after the pre or, or, you know, not right after the prequels, but after the prequels before the original trilogy. And so like they didn't really tie into the new movies, but people felt like they were going to start doing stuff where it's like they're going to be these side stories that tie into the main kind of Star Wars canon. And we we're going to get more of that. And I feel like these TV series is these TV series are where they're finally starting to do that and, and tying it all together. So just I'm going to go. I found a great uh, piece on entertainment tonight that really kind of laid them out in more or less the order that these series are releasing in. So, you know, again, like I'm going to tell you a little bit about this series. Like I'm not going to go into super detail, but I'm going to talk about how it ties into realistically something from the past of Star Wars as well as something from the present of Star Wars and, and where I think it might go. Um, so one of the new series, probably the one that I'm the most excited for, again, being a fan of the Clone Wars and Rebels, I really liked those Star Wars animated series because, one, I, I felt like in a lot of ways they gave us glimpses of the galaxy of that universe that we didn't necessarily get before. They also found ways to focus on characters who weren't always, you know, the the POV of the Star Wars movies. Like, sure, there were plenty of episodes where we followed Obi-Wan and Anakin and all of that, but having an episode that was really just we're we're following this new character Soka around and we're seeing what she's doing where we have these episodes where it's all about the clones like those were pretty awesome the bounty hunter episodes were some of my favorites like getting to see young Boba Fett and Cad Bane and Bosk and all those people kind of working together or fighting with one another I thought there was a lot of really interesting stuff that they did with the Clone Wars and you know, I think I might have talked about it a little bit earlier in the pandemic, but one of the things that had come out was, you know, the final season of the Clone Wars. And, you know, they did this this great set of episodes, uh, one focusing on the Bad Batch, um, which is basically like this group of clones who are imperfect and their imperfections make them particularly skilled in these different ways. And they come together to form Clone Force 99. And the series that they're going to be in, Star Wars The Bad Batch, it's a sequel series to The Clone Wars. It takes place after the events of Revenge of the Sith. And basically it's going to be this group of clones doing, uh, I'm assuming Black Ops work for the newly born and forming Empire. And what does it look like for these clones as they make that transition to the whatever it was, the, the, the Galactic Republic to the Galactic Empire? And, and I'm really interested to see how they weave that together, but not to 
not to get too far away from what's going on in The Mandalorian, one of the things that's been revealed is a character that showed up in season one of The Mandalorian and came back for season two, Fennec Shan, who is played by Ming-Na Wen, who you might know from as Agent May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who's awesome, uh, or as Mulan in, in Disney's animated Mulan. Again, Ming-Na Wen is awesome. She's fantastic. So she's going to be voicing this character. We don't know if she's going to be in every episode or just like one episode, but that's a piece of connective tissue that we are connecting from the Mandalorian back to this this series that takes place kind of between the prequels and the original trilogy. So really interested to see how that plays out. Um, you know, the work that Dave Filoni, who's been integral with a lot of what they've been doing on The Mandalorian, did on The Clone Wars alongside George Lucas very early on in the process of developing that series is some of what made me kind of enjoy Star Wars again and, and be excited for the way that stories can be told. So I, I'm really interested to see how they work things into this series and and what kind of new elements they they have in there as well as maybe some of the older elements that they might put in play i'm also interested to see if there are any connections between you know the bad batch and a show like rebels is there any crossover within the time periods i i feel like the answer is no but but i'd be really interested in seeing like you know how close they touch at and I'm sorry if you're like a, an avid Star Wars fan and you're listening to this and you're just like, oh, well, they take place 10 years apart. There's no way there's going to be a, like, I'm, I'm sorry, like I'm not looking at a timeline right now, so I don't really know. Uh, and frankly, I don't know if I want to know. Um, one of the other big series, though, that is going to take place during the timeline of The Mandalorian. Um, I should have mentioned that The Bad Batch is going to come out in 2021. I believe it's set for spring, but I could be wrong. Um, the Book of Boba Fett uh, is going to be coming out in December 2021. Uh, so that means The Mandalorian Season 3 is pushed back a little bit. It seems like, you know, speculation was that the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 3 might drop Christmas Day. We'll see if that happens. I'm not entirely sure. Production hasn't started on that season yet. Uh, but one of the things that happened on this season of The Mandalorian was that Boba Fett, uh, a character that we were introduced to in, I mean, technically we were introduced to in the Star Wars holiday special, but we, we first really saw him, most people really saw him in the Empire Strikes Back and then, um, you know, Return of the Jedi where he was a bumbling idiot and got hit in the back and fell down a hole. And this character who we... I'm just going to say we, because I, 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 when I was younger, I definitely included myself in this. He was a really cool looking character. Like the design of this character was awesome. He had this really weird ship, the Slave One. And, you know, we all told ourselves this character was a badass. We, we loved everything about this character. But it's like over time, going back, revisiting the films, the character did nothing. Like they did nothing to kind of deserve that admiration and you know I, I i don't want to fully say everything in in how they've kind of you know rebuilt that character refueled that character in the mandalorian but they did they made the character cool again and so i think that's what's really interesting about the potential for this book of boba fett series so 
there is something lost in there in which we don't have a whole lot of stories about the character outside of the Clone Wars, what we've seen in The Mandalorian, and a little bit of what we saw in the original trilogy. And so are we going to get flashbacks that show us this more kind of badass version of Boba Fett that we always imagined? Uh, or is it simply going to be this new character going forward whose motivations we aren't really sure about? Because in The Mandalorian, what we start to see is Boba Fett as a more, we'll say, honorable character, which is out of line with a lot of what we've always thought about this scoundrel as, you know, a lot of the comics and whatnot where there are, you know, the Star Wars comics that tell stories about Boba Fett, he's like very clearly a scumbag, you know, he, he is scum and villainy personified. And so seeing the character portrayed by Tamora Morrison like we did in The Mandalorian, it, it makes you question who is this person really and is is he as good uh or is he trying to make amends as it seems he is in this show or is it or is it all a ruse is it something completely different where all right we're gonna get this book of boba fett series and we're gonna find out oh no he's still a scoundrel uh, so I, I think that's really interesting. And I, and I feel like the good thing about the way that they've kind of pitched it so far is they haven't given anything away about it. And so I think in, in a lot of ways, that's really, really an exciting piece of it. Um, I already mentioned that the Mandalorian season three will basically be back right after the book of Boba Fett, or at least that's what it seems like. The other new series, the other, they're still like 30 new series. It's not actually 30, but there's a lot. Um, Ahsoka, there's going to be a series about Ahsoka who showed up and I believe it's chapter 13 of the Mandalorian season two, a main character from the Clone Wars series, a major character from Star Wars Rebels. Uh, she was the former apprentice to Anakin Skywalker, who would go on to become Darth Vader. She lost, you know, she lost faith in the Jedi Order, the Jedi Council uh, during the events of the Clone Wars. Eventually, you know, kind of excommunicates herself, leaves the leaves the council and kind of denounces being a Jedi and you know, seeing her journey from there with what happens in the Clone Wars, especially in the final season, and then what happens in Rebels is incredibly interesting. And so I I'm wondering what they're going to do with this character in this series that's set during the time frame of The Mandalorian. So there are a few things that happen at the end of Rebels that, again, I don't want to... You know, I, I said I was going to give spoilers for The Mandalorian, and, and I know I've spoiled a few other things, too, but I, I don't want to necessarily spoil the end of Rebels because I think it's a really exciting ending to that series. And once you see it, you'll kind of start to put those pieces together with The Mandalorian, with this live action Ahsoka series and, and start to formulate your own sense of where it could go. And, and I don't want to kind of take that from you by just kind of casually talking about it here. So I think there's a lot of fun that they can have with that and a lot of growth that we would be able to see from the character from their time in the Clone Wars, from their time in Rebels to now. So I, I'm very interested to see what approach they take with that series. 
the other spin-off series that they kind of see happening in the present, the, the, the current timeline of The Mandalorian, is a show called Rangers of the New Republic. This is like another kind of known date kind of show. Um, I'm guessing 2022, 2023, maybe. There's not a whole lot known here, but there th it seems like it might focus on um, Gina Carano's uh, Cara Dune character from The Mandalorian. Uh, basically, she was a former uh, rebel commando who, you know, her planet Alderaan was destroyed by the Death Star. And, and you know, so she's just been kind of like a, a wayward bounty hunter for a while in The Mandalorian season two. She's enlisted by the New Republic. And so it, it seems like the story might be built around her and potentially other New Republic officers um, who might be doing something to combat the remnants of the Empire or, you know, the first order as they start to emerge again not really clear uh what that series is going to be but we'll see for me it's like i'm i'm not as interested in that series i i know from what they've been saying there's a big tie-in that they want to do that gets back to that thing that i don't want to spoil about um rebels and the ending of that show but you know a character who was in the expanded material of star wars and was thought lost to legends was was reintroduced in rebels and so it seems like these spinoff series and the mandalorian itself might you know kind of converge on that character as being a, a central villain and and really work to like a big you know, Infinity War style event, you know, again, we'll see. I think it's it's not really 100% clear what the trajectory is right now, but uh, we'll see. And then going back to the past again, uh, Star Wars, you know, they, they, they want to do a series called Andor, which focuses on the morally ambiguous rebel spy Cassian Andor, uh, who is played by Diego Luna from Rogue One. Um, I, I talked about Rogue One a couple of times on the podcast in the past where it, it was a different type of Star Wars movie. It was kind of like, let's show the down and dirty version of the rebels, you know, a, a, a suicide squad, if you will coming together, trying to steal the plans for the Death Star to give the Rebels a fighting chance against the Empire. Um, I think the prospects of an Andor series could be really cool because I, I, I like that idea of showing the darker side of the Rebels within the context of the Star Wars universe, uh, show what they had to do in order to survive against the Empire and, and you know what that looked like. I think Diego Luna is a great actor. I thought he did a really great job in the role as the character in Rogue One uh, and Alan Tudyk's uh, Alan Tudyk's uh, K2SO is going to be back as well. And I thought their chemistry uh, was was really, really enjoyable. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if this is going to be that like, you know, bit more dark series from kind of the Star Wars slate. Um, not to say that none of the other series could be like I could definitely see Ahsoka being a bit more serious and dark the book of boba fett being a bit more serious and dark not to say that these things have to be like dark and gritty um but i think you know i think that specific character of andor lends 
he lends himself really well to that world, especially if you kind of remember how he was in Rogue One. And so, you know, knowing that we saw that character kind of change and evolve over the process of that movie, what's it going to be like when he is kind of in that proto state that we first meet him in in the movie? Like kind of what got him there? Uh, So I think that's going to be really interesting. And another kind of between the prequels and original trilogy series you know it's it's really interesting so like thinking about past present and future of star wars the future of star wars is almost all grounded in the past like i i think the bulk of the series and i could be wrong about this i think the bulk of the series actually take place in the time period after the prequels, but before the original trilogy, or in the same timeline of the, as The Mandalorian, which would be kind of that five years after Return of the Jedi. So nothing, nothing set in the timeline of the newest trilogy, which I, I think is really interesting. And I don't know if it's just because they don't want to touch that time period or just because the fan will is more geared towards the kind of original trilogy era and they're really banking on that in terms of what people want and what they'll respond to the best but um you know so one of the other series that kind of fits into that exact you know post prequel pre-original trilogy timeline is the obi-wan kenobi series that they're doing Ewan McGregor, who was literally the best part of the prequels, is coming back. Um, We're going to see what story they have to tell, uh, but basically it's going to be set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, after he had to, you know, watch his his best friend and and brother succumb to the dark side. And, you know, supposedly Hayden Christensen is... um, you know, coming back for this series. So we're, we're going to see what that's like. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. I think he's great as Obi-Wan. So I, I really want to see what he does in that role and, and what they do with that show. Um, one series that takes place like well before the prequels that they're doing is called The Acolyte. Um, and that series is from Leslie Headland, who was the showrunner for that show, Russian Doll, uh, that was on Netflix, uh, I guess, a couple years back now. Um, so it's supposed to be a murder mystery thriller, you know, set in the high Repu- towards the end of the High Republic era. Um, you know, what I'm hoping for is that the stuff that happens in the series doesn't really tie in much or at all with the kind of Skywalker saga stuff. So uh, we'll see. Um, you know, they might do something where it ends up being connected to Palpatine, which I I don't want. Like I I, I like having more stories that aren't connected to big name established characters within the Star Wars canon, but they probably will do something like that. But, you know, we'll see. Um, And then like a couple of the other announcements, there's a lot looser details. They announced that they're going to do a Rogue Squadron movie. So Rogue Squadron, it's it's the group of X-Wings that um, basically made up the rebels fleet in the original trilogy uh it's not clear if this is going to be you know set during the time of the original trilogy or if it's going to be post original trilogy into the sequel trilogy uh but that movie is maybe 2023 it's going to be directed by patty jenkins who's the director of the the wonder woman movies 
Um, you know, she basically said she wants to make like the greatest like air combat film ever. So we'll see if she can pull that off. I mean, I think she's very talented, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if she is able to. Um, you know, so I, I'm really, really interested to see how that turns out. They also announced that there's going to be a film directed by Taika Waititi, um, you know, so uh, from what we do in the shadows, uh, Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok, you know, really funny, talented guy uh, who's able to mix humor, humor, humor and, and kind of poignancy in a lot of the films that he makes. So. Um, it would be interesting to see if this is, you know, something more on the comedic side or more on the serious side or really a blending of the two. Um, whatever it is, I, I trust him fully. He's one of those people that like I will probably watch anything that that he puts his hands on. Um, the other series that they've announced is they're going to they're gonna do a Lando series, which Lando Calrissian, like one of the only black people in Star Wars uh, in the original trilogy, he was played by Billy D. Williams. Um, in Solo, he was played by Donald Glover. No clue who's going to be playing him in this series, but the series is being developed by Justin Simeon, the guy behind Dear White People, which I, I know I've definitely talked about on the podcast before. Uh, so, you know, obviously we have no idea what this series is going to be, but it has the potential to be a lot of fun, uh, depending what direction they choose to go with it. And, and I really... I'm hoping they do something fun and interesting and, you know, in a sense, kind of introspective to the Star Wars world, um, you know, but I'd also love the idea of Lando just being like a kind of a, a buffoon of a player, you know, going across the galaxy, getting into all sorts of mischief. And I, I think that could be a lot of fun, um, but we'll see. One of the coolest series uh, announcements, or, or I, I guess it's, I don't, I don't know if it's really a series, but this this idea that they have called Star Wars Visions, and basically it's going to be like if, if you've seen the Animatrix, it's going to be these ten shorts made by like the the top anime creators in in Japan, and so being able to see these kind of love letters to Star Wars created by some of the top animators, I, I think that's going to be really cool to see. I, I'm always interested to see how other people interpret Star Wars or, or even just like media in general, because I remember that was one of the cool things about the Animatrix. Um, DC did a version of this after Batman Begins with uh, Gotham Knight, where a bunch of like anime studios did their own kind of short stories built around Batman. Um, those were pretty cool. So I think that has a potential for some cool storytelling and visuals. And then like the, the last few don't really know a whole lot about. There's going to be one thing that's a, called a droid story. It's going to be a mix of, I guess, animation and, and special effects um, from ILM. It's going to follow C-3PO, R2-D2 and some new hero. There'll probably be hijinks as well. Fine, whatever. I, I We'll see. Um, Ryan Johnson may have a trilogy. Um, we'll see. I know. Fans probably hate hearing that because, you know, if they didn't like if they didn't like The Last Jedi, they're probably like Ryan Johnson is awful and he's just going to ruin Star Wars, which I don't agree with. I think he made one of the most interesting pieces of Star Wars content that we've seen in live action in recent memory, um, you know, and, and I say interesting because 
I think a lot of the ideas proposed by The Last Jedi are a lot more interesting than anything that we've seen in The Mandalorian, even though people may enjoy The Mandalorian better because it, it again, feels like feels like you're playing in your toy chest and and there's some really cool pieces to that but um i i I personally like a lot of what ryan johnson did with getting us to really question um you know kind of the way that we look at star wars or the way that star wars stories are told uh but again we'll see and and supposedly maybe there's a kevin feig faith Feige, Fage, however you pronounce his name, the Marvel guy, um, you know, supposedly he may have a movie, supposedly J.D. Dillard might have a Star Wars movie. We'll see. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff going on. I think there's the potential to do some really cool and interesting things. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't want to say that I think there's an opportunity here to have a lot of fun with these pieces that are connected The stuff like the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, the Ahsoka series and Rangers of the New Republic. But I'm also interested in what, you know, potential standalone stuff like the Acolyte Rogue Squadron, you know, can really look like. I'm really more interested in those pieces that are kind of their standalone Star Wars pieces. So. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, if they can strike the right balance between those two and make great standalone Star Wars content and stuff that is connected and has a through line, I think they're in a really good place. And, and you know, unlike last year where I was a little unsure of, you know, Star Wars and where it was going and, and what I wanted to see from it. I feel like it's in a much better place where I'm actually excited to see where they're going with things next. So, you know, for any shortcomings that I may feel The Mandalorian has, um, I think this series has done a, a really good job of setting me up to be excited for when these announcements came down. And, you know, I, I really want to hear what you all think about that. You know, did you get really excited for these announcements when The Mandalorian season two ended? Did it, you know, set your mind racing on, on what some of these different properties could be and how they could connect in? Uh, hit me up. Let me know at Larry Tron or at Stay Watching Pod on Twitter uh, or shoot me an email. Larry at LM2Photo.com or Stay Watching Pod at Gmail.com. Um, I'll be back with another new episode uh, saying goodbye to the year 2020 uh, next week. So until then, stay watching, fam. Peace.